First off, a special thank you to our amazing Patreon.com patrons. Evelyn! Alicia! Kayla! Sarah! Joe! Jill! Kevin! Mary! Karen! Jennifer! Robin! Janae! Anna! Barbara! Diane! Suze! Stephanie! Erica! Tare! And our forever first, Trisha. As Patreon patrons, they get early access to our episodes, our eternal gratefulness for helping us express our love for all things Project Runway. And if you are unfamiliar with Patreon.com, well, it's a wonderful little site whose mission is to support creative work. There, you can make a small donation of support to the podcast to help out with production costs. If you'd like to become a Patreon patron, visit our page on patreon.com forward slash the workroom podcast. The link is in the show notes. Designers, may I ask you to gather round, please? Tim comes in with the bag, and we all know that when Tim has the bag, it's trouble. <laughs> I knew it. I hate this bag. I hate the bag. I hate this bag. Every single time when I see the velvet bag with the golden rope, I get scared. <laughs> I don't like it. Hello, all you lovely, lovely listeners. Welcome back into the workroom, a labor of love dedicated to Project Runway. Um, I am Ernez, and I'm not going to let anyone crush my vision because it's a gift. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Patricia, and I'm either a hooker or a grandmother going up (laughs) the chair ramp. That's me. That's that's how you know it's me. Yes. um... You can't miss me. So I'm, I'm, I'm easy to spot. I have the gifts and you are the hooker slash grandmother in, in a wheelchair. Going up the wheelchair ramp. Like no other mode of travel for me. Just the wheelchair ramp. You know, that's what, that's what I, that's how I travel the world. I just get a wheelchair ramp. There's some wheels on there and it just, I go vroom, vroom, vroom all over the place. Man. Um, I think it's wonderful. And I know that you'll be dressed fabulously. In, in a wonderful Casanova outfit, however, because Casanova has range. And I think that range is important to hold on to and pay attention to. Um, both are, you know, both are great. So, um, yes, yeah, so happy to be back with you listeners. And yes, Patricia is on this episode. And um, unfortunately, not Nayland. But um, Nayland will be back into the workroom. Um, and speaking of Nayland, just letting everyone know that um, uh, we are drop in our bonus episodes on Patreon. Um, and we've kind of like touched into um, the uh, worn stories, which shout out to Fresh Air. Um, just got like a whole uh, Fresh Air, um, Terry Gross, um, you know, treatments. <laughs> so um, if you, if you I need, Terry. I know if you need, you know, um, WHYY, shout out to Philly, shout out to NPR in Philly. Um, Terry Gross is an institution. She's a legend. So if you needed any um, more inspiration or an, an, like any more tap of um, uh, 
you know, just, you know, more uh, another push to watch that show. Please do watch the show. It's it's really wonderful. And they can join us on Patreon as we make our way through through that. And then Patricia and I are finally finishing up next in fashion. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, so our penultimate episode is on the Patreon and we will be recording the finale um, very soon. Um, that's been, I feel like, a 2020 journey that leaked into 2021 you know it's one of those things yeah. but yeah and and we're not holding back on that one no nope, we're not at all <laughs> so many opinions can't wait to talk about the finale all right yeah um and listeners please keep sending us your hot takes your questions and your gossip to us at in the workroom at gmail.com that's i in the workroom at gmail.com and of course you can find us on instagram and on facebook um and also the cheat sheet is um in our show notes and that will i will prompt you when it's um time to look on that so you can follow us um, as we talk about these looks at the end of the episode um speaking of our hot takes and questions and gossip so we got a wonderful uh listener letter from alicia so finally we get to talk about this listener letter alicia um and so from alicia goes um hey guys the podcast has been a treat with a newborn thank you i somehow blacked out of my memory how awful Gretchen was every episode by the way um congratulations Alicia on on your newborn um happy 2021 to you um back to the, the email um so she goes on so glad Tim put her in her place I hope I'm wrong but I can see her being a teacher because she gets to be in control of what's being taught and it's her way April was a, a brat last episode her model said yeah I'm happy in the most disappointed and disrespected voice I cackled the first time I watched the season, I thought Michael C was a little fake and shady, but I could have been wrong. Last but not least. Um, and this is for me. This is uh, th thank you so much for this compliment, Alicia, ahead of time. She goes, Ernest, you do the best Michael D impression. <laughs> His voice is uh -oh. so annoying. It's like someone slowed down the speed on a drunk Kardashian. Um, that is actually the inspiration for my impressions of Michael Drummond, Alicia. So you are spot on. <laughs> You're spot wow. on with my vocal fry interpretation because I feel like the Kardashians, at least for me, Kim Kardashian is the queen of vocal fry. Although I don't really listen to her all that much, but how I speak is how I imagine her voice sounds. Um, anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and our last, and Alicia's last and, and very important point, uh, something that we missed. Um, Alicia goes, also, can we talk about the Tupac bandana Michael Drummond wore for the runway? Because what? All right. So this is what I meant to get into and totally forgot. So thank you, Alicia, for bringing that up. Um, I totally skipped over it because so much, so many other things were going on. But um, so we've talked about this a little bit off podcast, Patricia, and, and you're saying how you didn't clock the Tupac reference here. Um, I wouldn't particularly say it's a Tupac reference. So I'm from Los Angeles, of course. And so I have a very specific association with bandanas that will be with me until the day I die. Um, and it is specifically gang related. So I grew up in a neighborhood that was affiliated with a gang. Um, I won't say which one, but I'll just say that there are certain colors you have to be very careful about wearing, but just blanket, you know, never wore a bandana, never will wear a bandana. Um, I think they're great aesthetically and wonderful. <laughs> There, um, there is an artist that um, that I know who's working in bandanas right now. Um, got stuff 
available at Nordstrom's, I will never wear it, no matter how chic it looks. <laughs> it, but it's just me. Yeah. It's just me. Like it to me, it's 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 yeah. gang related. And um, but there is a photo of Tupac wearing a black bandana. Well, Tupac wore like all kinds of bandanas, like brown, like whatever colors. And I think uh, um, there are you know, of course, like red and blue are um uh uh popularly i don't know the word um very much like strongly associated with um bloods and crips and so um but the other colors also had other meanings and so just like you know they kind of they're 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 a language in and of themselves but michael drummond wearing it um i thought definitely the way he's wearing it i would most likely assume that he's trying to reference tupac and that is um problematic and questionable and uh it is it could be interpreted as a turban i would love to to interpret this as a as a turban rather than but um you know bandanas to me just like they it's just one of those um very strange fashion appropriations that to me is just like i would see people walking around like this growing up but i associate it with someone who definitely is affiliated with a gang that's where I'm coming from. I'm like, definitely Michael Drummond is not, you know, um, affiliated with anything, but maybe he is. And I will, you know, that's something that a listener, if you have any <laughs> information about Michael Drummond's gang relations, but whatever. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Patricia? <laughs> you know, um, I told you off podcast that for a long time, like, I didn't know what Tupac looked like mm-hmm. um, because I, I didn't grow up with like, television culture i grew up more like with radio i mean of course we had a tv but not cable and um i also so i just i had no idea what tupac looked like i knew he was black but i had no idea what like you know what i think i think in my life i may have seen more photos of ice t with a bandana like that than mm-hmm. tupac but just because of the age difference i mean not age difference i don't know if that's the right term but like maybe just because of going to a store and like seeing like like iced tea on rolling stone or whatever mm-hmm. and seeing that before i saw before tupac was on the scene because i don't know when tupac was on the scene yeah i mean um in the like, 90s that's like late 90s yeah in the 90s like, and um and also you know i i feel like definitely is um oh gosh you know i've only seen boys in the hood once and i'm pretty sure that probably popularized it as well just sort of how um how how you wear bandanas um as an aesthetic and so um Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's definitely got its associations that are um very different if it is something that you've encountered through a movie or through um you know magazines or even as um encountered it as like a like a an, an artist so if you did see like I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember. I can't picture Ice T, but um, you know, if anyone wearing this and it's like this is popular culture now, and so then I'm going to uh, adopt it and it's a style, and so yeah. So I I'll just say that I just happen to be from Los Angeles, where the association is. Like, yeah. And also, I grew up in a house where my parents didn't allow me to watch a, a bunch of stuff. Um, for instance, like 
and I'll just say it like I grew up on a corner from Ice Cube and um, there's a funny story that I love to tell people about like when I you know because you know he's just grew up in the neighborhood but like my parents are just like we couldn't we couldn't watch a lot of videos um uh Saturday Night Live had to sneak to watch that stuff because they were very much very strict about those types of things and so my encounter would never be Rolling Stones or even a a video and the only time I was able to watch Boys in the Hood I'll say is because during the riots you know um I so I grew up in um in you know I'm I'm an 80s 90s kids and so um Boys in the Hood like they allowed us to watch that to just kind of keep us distracted from the actual riots happening outside <laughs> outside um yeah. but we weren't even allowed to watch you know rated R or PG-13 movies and so certain things like slipped in but mostly this is just like walking around like seeing people dress like this <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I w- I'm really curious, listeners, if anyone else clocked this, and um, I would like to know if anyone out there has like what your associations with bandanas are, um, and also who else thinks Michael Drummond's voice is really annoying. <laughs> but I think even if, even without, I don't know, like it, it just seems, um, very like very performative you know in bandana culture like bend I think I because of whatever because of my life and geography and all of this excuse me I was aware of bandanas more as like the sort of like working class Bruce Springsteen tucked in the back kind of look or the sort of queer thing of Mm -hmm. like using bandanas to signal um like those are things I was more that was more on my radar than how this particular bandana was used. Um, so anyway, I totally believe you and trust you. It it totally feels very weird on the on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I feel like it's it is so it w- this is what's really kind of interesting. Because I and I also wasn't um, I will say off the bat offended by it because I it's it also is one of those things. I you know I already talked about it in terms of how how these fashion choices how like yeah fashion how it is translated um in in popular culture and how it's taken and how they you know um it kind of depends on how you encounter it um and also how it it all it comes from a very real use so um yeah I don't know there's so many different perspectives so I'm just really interested (laughs) like even like think of bandanas as a signal like I think that's really really fascinating so yeah yeah all right well um we'll get more Dr- michael drummond i think in this, we, we'll get, we'll get a lot more michael drummond in this episode um and so let's let's get into um uh episode seven and um i'll kind of just go through what i call the fake morning in atlas just a lot of fakery going on um because so peach is gone Peaches is gone. Um, I call her Peaches in, in my notes, and she's not Peaches. Peach is gone. April is sad, but the saddest thing is that April has to move in with Ivy, Valerie, and Gretchen. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'll, you know, all the it's it's this very shrieky moment where um, April is like just she has to to to, to go out because um, you can't just live by yourself but april reveals something else that's sort of been going on in um in the background that she's heard that these three people have been talking about her um behind her back basically saying that she's too young to be on the show and she shouldn't kind of 
in a sense, like what we've been talking about already before about the other designers on this season, that there is this very um, elitist and very rigid idea of who qualifies and who is unqualified to be there. So mm-hmm. April is sort of going into this situation kind of on edge. And when she when she goes into the room, everyone is acting like they're uh, excited to see her. <laughs> There's a little gift on her bed that they leave. And they've made a, um, they've written something on the chalkboard, like a welcome greeting. And um, it's, it's very much, you know, talk about performative, like another performance of the facade mm-hmm. of politeness and, um, and acceptance where uh, it, it seems like the other three. So Valerie, Ivy and, and Gretchen are, are kind of, mostly griping on how uh on, on april's for, you know kind of like in a way that they're gripe they gripe on michael c michael c mm-hmm. doesn't sew right doesn't have a ruler and april just graduated from grad school so she should i mean not grad school she just graduated from fashion school so she shouldn't be there so yeah this whole moment feels so forced to me mm-hmm. it's like so like oppressive it's so forced i'm just like oh my god oh yeah aggressive niceness that is yeah. yeah yeah aggressive niceness which feels really like 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 you know snobby nose in the air femininity oppression mm. style <laughs> For lack of a better term <laughs> I'm just like oh what is this i know <laughs> um and in the other room which what's interesting is we have ari and michael c so this is like the situation where um it's just Ari and Michael C left. They're the only two roomies at the, at the moment. Michael C is waking up feeling like a winner. Um, but notice what we noticed last episode that once when he, he went back to the designer's lounge and was like, Oh, I'm the winner. He noticed that not all the other designers were, were happy for him. And um, Ari is like, I'm trying my best to respect him as a designer. But, um, mm. you know, and, and I just felt really, really badly for Michael here because Michael is trying to be like, yeah, I just, um, hey, I just noticed that no one was happy for me. And I was like, well, you know, like my struggle with you is that I don't know who you are. Like, I don't know your aesthetic. And Michael C is just like, well, you know, I like draping, pleating. I have a sewing technique that's all my own. It's working for me. And Ari is like, yeah, it's really working. <laughs> And it's like, um, I'm just so, uh, it, you know, kind of like, I, I, you know, Michael C's aesthetic is this. And, um, and I'm wondering what the other designers are looking for when they ask questions like this. Like, I'm just trying to, I'm like, who are you? And Michael's like, I'm an evening designer. I'm an evening wear designer. I like evening. Um, and I feel like. I am so baffled because. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 go ahead. I'm just kind of rambling about that. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I am like, you know, I think on the last episode that we recorded, I was like, what, what's Michael C's orientation? Because I'm trying to understand what do people have against Michael C. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I mean, to me, Michael C seems really nice. Yeah. I don't know what I'm missing. Maybe like I'm missing some clues here, but um, this person seems normal. Like, meaning normal, like, what's that? But just seems like a very, like, average person who could be your cousin, who could be, like, your boss, who knows, like, your nice boss. But, like, it seems like a very kind of unpretentious person. Yeah. And 
I think that people react to this because they may not see this like pizzazz personality. Like here's somebody who seems really practical, who's not fitting like a stereotype. So maybe like if Michael C happens to be straight, he is obviously not acting straight enough for this group. If Michael C happens to be gay or bi, <laughs> like he is obviously not acting in any way that the group accepts as that. So I, I honestly think it's because people look at Michael C and expect Michael C to be a plumber and not a designer. Huh. I think people are being very judge, judgmental. Yeah. And that's why it's sort of like, no matter how beautiful the garment is, people will say, but it doesn't know how to sew. It doesn't have a ruler. Yeah. As opposed to seeing, look at what somebody just made. Without a ruler. So, like, <laughs> without a ruler. Yeah. However they got to it, like yeah. they made it. They won a couple of challenges already. So this inability to accept what this person is making, I don't think, look, we both know it has nothing to do with Michael C, but mm. I think people are seeing Michael C through other expectations that are not based on reality. And I think it's totally based on the fact that he, like Michael C may be just too nice a person, too unpretentious, <laughs> too practical and, and not egoistic because even, even, I'm sorry, Michael, Michael C. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Michael D is also self-taught, but Michael C has this like presence that, yeah. you know, whatever. I'm a creative I as opposed of... to, yeah, you know, exactly. yeah. the other Michael who's like, the other Michael who's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do this. Oh, it's not working. Oh, I got to try again. Who's a little bit less precious hmm. with this whole process. So that's what I think. I think people don't think Michael C is of the class to be there, to be frank. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I, you know, I remember, um, so like, you know, going back to like what Alicia said about, um, her, her first impression of him. I remember my first impression was he's annoying. Like he just seems kind oh. of, um, <laughs> lame and really, you know, cause especially like right now I'll like in my notes, <laughs> I used to be really mean. I'm still kind of, you know, I, I have an edge, oh. but like, I'll just say like, you know, before, <laughs> <laughs> when he answered Ari with like, you know, the way that I like to do it, so he kind of he has this, you know, kind of like a baby tone that kind of irks me. It still irks me. Like, but I like, you know, way back when, 2010, I would have been like, ugh. I go, see, you're so annoying and lame. And I still think it's annoying and lame. Um, but but I can kind of see it as not something that I would totally write him off with. But it's just like, oh, Michael C. There's just certain quirks to him that I think would personally set me off has nothing to do with how he designs <laughs> at all. Um, it's I just personality-wise. Yeah, I think that person's just more openly insecure mm. than oh, a lot of people yeah, there maybe. do. Yeah. I think I, mean, I see that as a strength of character and also pressure of television. You know, like mm -hmm. uh, maybe I'm projecting too much because I'm also an openly insecure person with certain things mm -hmm. and I whatever. But um, wait, I was going to say something, but now I can't remember. But it was something about what you just said. I was going to agree with you. And I, say lame. I said Michael is lame. <laughs> I don't mean it, but yeah. remember Michael C. All. I, I just didn't remember Michael C. At all. I was like, wait, what? But now things are sort of coming back to me. Okay. As I watched this yeah, episode yeah. specifically. Okay. Well, let's mm. let's get into um uh let's 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 leave you know fake ass atlas morning um and get onto the runway 
where Heidi walks out with a button bag. She doesn't use it. Do you notice this? First of all, I feel like Heidi's haircut was meant to distract us from the fact that she was wearing, there's a bunch of stuff happening. Heidi's hair looks great. She's got a really short cut. It's slicked back, um, looking great, wearing these like um, drawstring, like paperback pants. That's very kind of like chic Isaac Mizrahi, in my, in my opinion. Like, I, like Isaac Mizrahi is known for these types of like pants that he made for himself. And that's what it reminded me of. Um, but she's wearing it in this like shiny blue, um, whatever. It looks, she looks great. But she's also carrying that button bag and no one commented on it. And I was like, is, is it supposed to be a purse right now? It, or, or is it that in the in the velvet bags writer specifically that it states that it needs to appear at least once on the season without evoking fear and dread in the designers and so i was just like okay all right this is interesting here um i just had to you know point that out and i feel like the velvet purse earned a million dollars for this appearance for no reason anyway so <laughs> heidi like tells them to go meet tim in the workroom i mean sorry not not in the workroom meet um go meet tim and a guest at the marina to get the details for their actual challenge. Um, so Heidi and the button bag um, head off and the designers head out. So they arrive at this dock somewhere in New York City, um, somewhere along one of the rivers, and they encounter uh, Tim and Michael Kors standing in front of a boat called Cloud Nine <laughs> for a very Michael Kors challenge and uh it's kind of like I, you know I don't know if you noticed but Casanova is visibly shocked the entire time Michael Kors is speaking his <laughs> mouth is open not because Casanova <laughs> understands this but Casanova is terrified of Michael Kors which I really really appreciate he's like because Michael Kors is rude to me so I don't like I every time I see him like, I think he just I think Casanova is very affected by Michael Kors so um but so so Michael Kors gives the challenge and he goes, I'm sure you're all wondering why we're standing out here at a boat dock. I mean, <laughs> I have a yacht. Clearly, none of you don't. So I belong here, but you guys don't. Clearly, this is a special occasion. Well, today we're going to talk about resort wear. Your challenge is to create a resort wear look that illustrates your point of view as a designer. And your look should be interesting, eye catching and, of course, super fashionable. So yeah, so that's that's um, Michael Kors gets to um, design this whole episode around what he does really well. <laughs> and on top of that, um, they're going to sketch on this boat, Cloud Nine, wearing his sunglasses. So, um, the, but the key thing besides the sunglasses and besides all that that stuff, the key thing, everyone, is that resort wear can include anything that you want from swimwear to casual clothes to an evening gown. So it kind of is the gamut of ready to wear to even like special occasion um, uh, clothes. Mm. Yeah. what did you think of this challenge? <laughs> I thought it was very appropriate. And I think I, and I think it's great to have a challenge that has some direct relationship to someone who's judging the challenge. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very good. Well, so let's, let's get to our sketch session. So um, they they get on the boat to sketch in their Michael Kors glasses and they get to toast with um, Tim um, drinking mimosas and there's like a bunch of carbs on doilies everywhere. And <laughs> it's just, 
Oh my God! Car- carbs on doilies flying as I chase them on my on on my wheelchair ramp. This is the cartoon I want to see. <laughs> it's just a good old, you know, a good old time with just you know just being being how you are on a boat, and so we 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 get to see some of the designers sketching. Um, we hear about some reservations about this challenge, especially from Ari, who is going the route of a luxury bathing suit with the cover-up. And um, this is, I think, in, uh, you know, I don't, I hate to call it a fake struggle, but that's what I put in my notes. Uh, Ari has a fake struggle from, because, like, Ari's from Hawaii, and for, for like, re- talk about resort wear, it's like, you know, it's just like another day in paradise for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a paradise flex for Ari. It's like, I... I see people, you know, doing resort work all the time. This is like every day. I'm like, yes, that's that's also what Michael Kors said. It can be every day. Very casual, you know? If if resort wear is casual for for you living in Hawaii where everyone dresses in swimsuits and cover ups all day long, then that's fine. But I thought of this as a, a like a fake struggle. It's like, oh my God, I'm complaining about this. Oh, from this like incredibly beautiful place where people, you know, dressed in, you know, in Michael Kors resort wear all the time. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? People who are working aren't wearing that. People who are like who have certain jobs aren't wearing that. It's more like, like that's sort of like what dressed up looks like. Yeah, I will say though that understood. Like that's what dressed up. Yeah, and I think I think because I do believe her when she says like, "Oh, this is what every." Well, okay, only because of my experience with with friends who've moved to and lived in Hawaii for a little bit, but um. For instance, like I have, a, I have a friend who worked in a place where you wouldn't think that they would dress like this, but everyone wore Hawaiian shirts to work because that's for their, for where they work, that is business casual. And so when he moved to Hawaii, he had to buy a bunch of Hawaiian shirts because that is business casual for his, um, for where he, where he worked. And, um, and then I also know someone who, uh, grew up there and apparently just like if the waves were good they just all left class <laughs> and ran out and you know surfed for a little bit and you know this is I don't know this could be just these two people that I know and I'm extrapolating and I'm assuming that this is sort of the thing but um, it feels kind of like a casually paired dice aesthetic and and mm. also just like a like a, a just a, a very much like a um a very for me even being from like a coastal place very different in how you um you live in your environment and with the weather like it's just like you go with it so it's hot today <laughs> I'm gonna walk around in a bikini and a cover up but yeah <laughs> I don't know <laughs> anyway um. Yeah, anything else to say about the sketch time on the boat on Cloud Nine? No, no, no. All right, so they get to go to Mood. Um, so they have to say goodbye to the boat. Uh, Michael, Michael D. and Christopher were really into this. Just like, why do we have to sketch? This is so pretty. Um, and I, I agree. This, is, I love riding on boats in, um, when, when especially in New York when they go under both of the bridges. It's just really, oh, really yeah. wonderful and fun. Oh um, my god. So it's my favorite. Um, So, so they go to mood, they get 30 minutes and $150. And um, I don't know. 
know. So in this moment, like, um, what stood out to me mostly is Tim giving the BU tech pep talk to a couple of people, mainly Michael D and Ivy. Um, like there's a there's that moment. My, well, um, Michael D is around some like pink, like a very pop or like a magenta pink bolt of fabric. And he's just like, I don't, I don't do this. Like, this is not me. I'm such a dark designer. And Tim has to go like, well, you be you. You can bring like mm. your darkness to resort wear. And I was like, I love that. <laughs> um, and then Ivy wants to make a three. I think so. Ivy, I think, is making that three dimensional pant. Um, that um, she. I think wanted to do or, or or at least she's like using I think she's she's using um the fabric that it, to me it looks like the fabric that she chose after she got out of the hospital it, she's still on this like hospital color aesthetic deal yeah. um and I think it happens to also be I, I think it would coincide with the typical idea of what resort wear would be which you know light lighter colors essentially yeah so did anything else yeah. about like yeah what what did you see in mood oh my gosh uh nothing stood out to me but my favorite comment of about on resort where ever throughout all of time is really by mondo who basically said at the beginning somewhere around here that i don't go on vacation my idea of resort wear is waking up late and being in my underwear that's resort for me and <laughs> as somebody who grew up like in a family who didn't take vacations i was like <laughs> yes yeah and as somebody who like has spent time working for a magazine was where resort wear was like the highlight because it's all about like how people look doing nothing yeah um you know so i like i very much connected with that when i first saw this run of the season yeah. and even now i'm like oh so <laughs> Yeah, because we don't. Anyway, because I feel like that. Yeah, that is like sort of the the sort of the drama a little bit for Mondo. It's just like, what is this? <laughs> what is res- yeah. what is this resort wear thing? And we have someone like Casanova, who's clearly like I, Casanova just seems so luxurious. He like you know like probably <laughs> has visited all the resorts around the world, and you know um, is is doing just fine. And um, yeah. And also, I think Michael Drummond also said, like, I love vacation. <laughs> like, something like that. And Mondo's like, yeah. <laughs> wearing, What's you know, that? <laughs> wearing whatever I want in my apartment by myself. Um, yeah. So at the end of this, like, Swatch is already at the counter for the five-minute call. Um, Swatch is at the head of the class, <laughs> as, according to Tim. And then that's it. And we head to the workroom. And unfortunately, as the designers are bringing out their stuff, Tim walks in again, carrying that velvet purse, that velvet bag. And is for Tim, Tim is evilly like, like in an evil way, this evil Tim has walked into the workroom, dangling (laughs) the velvet bag in their faces. I would, I would like to believe that this is not the real Tim. This is the velvet bag possessing our Dear, dear Tim Gunn. This is also a part of the the writer. For some reason, the, this velvet bag's energy has infested Tim. And so explain. So basically, like all the designers are like, oh, now this is bad. So Tim goes, 
and explains the reason why he's carrying this velvet bag. There's a twist and it's a twist that I think the velvet bag is, you know, that I think actually Tim is actually kind of happy about. So the designers learn that they're not going to just be the designers. They're also going to be tailors. Um, I would say that they're already doing these things, that they've already been doing this the entire time. That's a part of Project Runway and a part of how these things are structured, that you're the designer and the tailor. Um, but essentially, they're going to have to wear two very different hats because they're designing their own pieces, but they are sewing the piece of another designer. Um, so they have to give away their designs to someone else and also supervise their own designs in the hands of those designers. <laughs> so... Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think about this as a challenge? I, okay. I liked how happy Tim was about this twist because usually tw that's why I also think that this is the Velvet Bag's fault. But usually Tim feels bad about certain twists. It's, it's this, this I think is on the line of, of an avant garde challenge twist where um, they can't do that anymore because we expect those things where they're like, oh, create whatever you want. This, uh, this like, out of um out of uh, no there are no boundaries to this avant-garde challenge and then you come in and like here's a twist you know have an extra day to make a ready-to-wear version of that avant-garde blah blah i feel like this is on those lines in terms of just kind of a real world manifestation mostly i think maybe for us viewers of how the um how, how designers have to think about a collection if that makes sense yeah yeah what do you think I thought it was a really interesting challenge, but I thought it should be its own challenge. Yes. Separate from, like, why can't that be its own challenge as opposed to being a twist within a challenge? Yes. Because I think, I think it's a very valid challenge, but to spring it up yeah. is a little tricky. And I maybe they thought, oh, this will make good TV, but I think that really results in bad TV because we just get to watch people suffer. Yes, that is such a you good know, idea. Like, huh. I don't know. That's how I felt about it. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, because let's look at these pairings. Um, so um, the button bag reveals that um, Valerie will be working with Ann, with Ari. So Ari has to give her designs over to Valerie. Valerie gives her designs over to Ari. And they're, you know, working with one another. Um, and this is like an okay pairing. <laughs> then we have yeah. Michael C. with Mondo. And Mondo... Mondo is absolutely pissed off because again not even mondo likes michael c at this point um and then we have april who's with this person named christopher <laughs> um who we barely see anymore and so christopher uh uh you know again like a like you know like they're an okay pairing um casanova gets gretchen gretchen gets casanova then we have ivy with michael d and michael d with ivy and, uh, I, you know, I feel like this is, and especially like what you pointed out at the top of the, you know, as we started talking about this, is that um, this is where I was reminded that Michael D also is perceived as someone who really can't sew. Um, but the way <laughs> this show has been edited, we don't really see much of that. <laughs> and also, I'd like to say, like, based off of last week, or Michael D had a really great outfit in the um in in the was it last week? Oh my God, um maybe not last week, but um in certain challenges, like he kind of struggled with the with the bridesmaids um outfit. Like that was when yeah. I was kind of like, can you like what is this? I 
your knitwear designer yeah. is in it, and are you struggling because of the fabric not necessarily because you can't sew but because of you know you're not used to working with this material kind of deal um yeah. but anyway so the designers are responsible again for executing the work of someone else and tim reminds them that communication is critical and um the designer themselves are responsible for their designs despite who sews it <laughs> essentially um so we get to see like who's relieved to, to be with one another and who's upset and essentially it's um those who can who deem the other person as being able to sew like april and christopher because christopher's like oh april can drape and pattern make and she has all of those traditional skills um and same thing with like gretchen and and casanova and, and uh valerie and ari although we do have um some some hiccups with with those pairings particularly with valerie and ari because uh <laughs> ari asked valerie like you you do swimwear right and, and valerie's like <laughs> yeah totally like yeah i don't <laughs> swimmer of course <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but not really. She, she right. Really not at all, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like, here we have Ivy asking Michael D. So uh, on a scale of one to 10, like how comfortable are you executing pants? And Michael D's like, uh, two. Mm -hmm. She's like, okay, we'll do a skirt. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a fair approach to that. What did I you did think? too. I thought so too, because it was like, we have not a lot of time to deal with this and, sh and we have to assess each other's uh, skills. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I feel like that that's totally fair. And if he said two, then I'm like, all right, I'm not going to force you to do these three dimensional pants that I want to do because it sounded like, w it, you know, and Ivy did, did talk a little bit about this in mood with, with Tim. It sounded kind of complicated how she was going to make them like, what does three dimensional pant mean? Um, pants yeah. if Michael D can't is uncomfortable making pants period then what she was going to do probably would be a, a beyond the pale for him in a sense yeah. and then we have Mondo and Michael D yeah so <laughs> what do you think Which, about this you know Mondo right off the bat says look you have immunity I'm worried about this you have immunity and you can't sew <laughs> And I remember this was like, yeah, I was like, oh, I know. I remember I forgot about this part. And I feel like, oh, yeah, this is the episode when I started liking Mondo more, uh, but not because <laughs> of this comment, not because of this comment. I would say that this is also this is probably the point where my it, originally watching it, where my impression of Michael C started to turn where he, he was also in front. He's like, I don't know if you know, but I'm a slow sewer. I don't know how to pattern make. I only drape. I don't have a ruler. I don't... <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, thanks for telling me. And it's, it's straight off the bat, you know, even if it, you know, to me, it was kind of contentious and, and filled with attitude and, like, sadness. Like, <laughs> it was very honest. Yeah. But I thought, like, both. it was interesting that these two work together because both of them are sort of two people who have had to work their own way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and find how to do things their own way. Neither one of them is a traditional designer in, in a traditional sense. So I was really surprised. I, I, again, I think it's pressure, the pressure of television that I think um, – made Mondo be like, okay, you have immunity. I don't, you can't yes. sew, yeah. blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up in terms of not because I forgot that there is a point where Michael D realized like we all they all know this we know this by now. Mondo doesn't sketch, and so when exactly. you're working together, right in a, in a in a teen challenge where communication is key, according to Tim, like, well, you know, it's according key. to everyone, then you know Michael D has to adjust to someone who doesn't communicate in a doesn't. Yeah, in a traditional yeah. way, where it's like, well, I have to, I have to translate what you want, and you're not drawing anything out for me. You make notes. That's different for me. And yeah. here's how I work. That's different for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they both have had to find ways of of designing that are particular to their skill set right. and to how they work. So yeah, yeah. Um, so come on, Mondo. And then we have <laughs> Casanova and Gretchen. I would love to know what you feel about this because for me. Oh my- holy shit balls so casanova is like so uh, you know i get that gretchen is trying to work with me because i am not the best at english but she made six or seven huge sketches as if i can't see i can see (laughs) (laughs) but it's not like i'm an idiot you know he uses the r word but um Oh my god, yeah. she thinks I'm stupid. And she does, but I'm like, Casanova, you're not special in that sense. She thinks everyone is stupid. Not just you. That's true. That yeah. great observation. Yeah. Great observation. True observation right there. Oh yeah. But she does, of course, the screaming English tourist thing. So this the American English speaking person who encounters uh, someone who I either has either has an accent and who's Eng- who, where English wasn't their first language or, you know, the um the trope you, you go to a, a different country, let's say, let's, let's go to, um, I don't know, let's go to Mexico. Cuba, okay. Oh yeah, let's go to Cuba. Cuba's great. <laughs> we'll go to Cuba. Do you speak any Spanish? Do you speak any other languages other than English? And you have someone who perhaps has a, like a very um, a basic grasp of English, screaming at them doesn't help. <laughs> at all and Gretchen's huge sketches is basically her screaming English at Casanova it's just like man uh, very honest from uh, not very honest but very very obvious I'll say that Gretchen thinks that Casanova is an idiot um, but she thinks everyone else is an idiot as well Um, yeah yeah. basically Casanova is there as a vehicle for Gretchen's superiority oh that's all wonderful way of putting that great great linguistic cultural talent that's mm-hmm. all all right goodbye gretchen so th- so then we have like a time where we get to um you know kind of witness mondo bitching and moaning about michael c and um he's afraid that he's going to lose and so again like bringing up that that pressure that you mentioned about being on the show and he's got immunity and i feel like that probably fueled it um, I think that's 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 really right here where um, it's just very, very stressful. But there's a moment where Michael C. brings in um, the mannequin into the sewing room, um, probably while Mondo is like going off. Michael C. brings in this this the mannequin where he's like working on um, this little bolero top that Mondo has to design. And Mondo's like, oh, you're bringing into the sewing room. Michael C, come on. (laughs) And Michael C's like, wait, go ahead. 
I'm sorry. By the way, I apologize. I, I'm over, a little bit overly caffeinated. You know, I've spent the week in a lot of pain, so I'm a little too happy to be talking to you, and I'm just talking over you. No, Please accept my no, apology. No, it's okay, because I feel like I love this. I love this little moment because, again, like Michael C. Okay, and I just say this lovingly. Like Michael C. is so corny and and you know has this lame factor, but is so honest about it. He's like, well, yeah, I'm bringing it into the into the brothers' um, sewing room so you can look at it, so you can see it, and so you can like, make sure that it's right. And then mom's like, oh, okay. And it's just this wonderful, like, brother moment where, like, oh, I hate you so much, younger brother. Like, no, but, like, we have to do this right, older brother. Like, I love you. It's so, so Michael C., like, they go back into the workroom and he looks at it and he's kind of like, he's like, whoa, this actually looks really great. This one thing that you sewn has, now I love you, Michael C. And he's like, Michael C., I'm, this is really nice. I'm. You know, I'm so sorry. I've been such a bitch. <laughs> but what were you going to say about the movie? Because I, I just, I, I just, this is one of my favorite. Um, this is such such an arc. It's such a wonderful twist. Yeah. But yeah. It's like an arc within an arc within an arc. Yeah. And I, I happen to love it because this is what you have to do. You have to adapt to the style of who you're working with. And that's mm-hmm. what Michael C is doing is, oh, okay, you don't sketch. I'm going to double check. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to bring it to you. You can like see it like as it is and then make the comments you need to make so good job michael c yeah it was just it was just like whatever it's wonderful i i love that um all right so tim comes in with a very special esteemed guest and who is it uh it's just michael kors because you know (laughs) michael kors writer also just like the velvet bag michael kors also has a writer where um they negotiated him down from the red carpet and the trumpet fanfare to welcome him into the workroom so Mm -hmm. what what he settled for is just a profuse intro from tim gunn so michael kors is in the workroom it's not the same vibe i feel like when heidi klum is in the workroom i feel like the designers get a little bit more um like flustered although they're very flustered to have michael kors because he's a very He's the he's the celebrity um, designer who they only get to see from like a runway distance, <laughs> and also who like eviscerates them um, uh, handedly or whatever. But okay, so let's go through the crits with Michael Kors and Tim. We have Casanova and Gretchen. Um, it's looking camel light in this corner um Mm. there's still something going on like that's like a holdover perhaps from the group challenge and um and they're talking about you know being weary of casanova's quote-unquote state uh uh, aged aesthetic according to gretchen um but gretchen Mm. gets called out for her bordeauxness palette that's you know her her, she still has has this like bordeaux slash camel light that michael of course is like "Uh uh-uh what is this hmm. all right and then we're on to michael d and mondo and michael d for some reason has this sunshine yellow piece of fabric draped over his head <laughs> 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 while michael chorus comes over and i just kind of love this you know you know maybe like electric prairie look and so um anyway there's a lot of color going on and um before Mondo made this really kind of like snarky swipe at Michael D's uh, choice of fabric. Cause he's like, Oh, I'm working with Mondo. I'm sorry. I'm, ugh, I'm working with Michael D and he can't sew and his 
uh, fabric choices. So, uh, and Michael Kors is like, oh my god, I love this fabric. This is so luxurious. It's so great. But, but it's, you know, it's different now because Mondo and Michael D are friends now. So, but this is also like, you know, hopefully Mondo can hear this kind of maybe, um, uh, uh, what do you call this? Like a affirmation from Michael Kors. Um, and it's pretty, it's just a pretty positive look in, in my, in what Michael D is making as a jumpsuit, I'll say. And, um, we also kind of get, I don't know. I don't remember if we got anything, um, from Michael Kors in response to what Mondo's making. Did we? I don't remember that. I don't don't remember either. Okay. Yeah. I think it's mostly a comment on what Michael D is making. Um, yeah. All right. Next, we have April and someone else. Um, yes, Christopher. April and Christopher. Christopher. Yeah, someone else. I saw that person. And and it's mostly about, I would like to say, April's work gets really, um, uh, like, it gets a, most of Michael Kors's critique here because she's working with this very intricate neck design going on um, and doing... Um, her aesthetic where she where she hasn't mentioned this during the crit but um her her outfit is going to a resort at an asylum mm-hmm. and so it's that's where she's getting her um and, and this is the thing like we didn't get a, a a pep talk from tim for april who doesn't need to be convinced that her person is going to the asylum that's how she's gonna do resort yeah however that looks even though she you know the only time she made resort wear before was when Michael Kors took down her uh her diaper um with the um with with the the Tracy hat challenge so um what's what's wonderful here I think is we do get like kind of a, a diaper redemption where Michael Kors is like I suggest that you make a brief for her and April's like <gasps> no um that's exactly what we're doing we're going to do like a short and it's like oh my god here's like a mind meld moment between michael kors and april and it's just you know kind of like an affirmation of her design in a way Um, yeah i thought that was a really disappointing comment actually from michael kors and it was fine Mm -hmm. i feel like if we've seen that so many times Hmm. the sort of like sheer sheer with like a, a short underneath for resort and even for like regular dress like we've just seen that for decades so i was like okay that's very traditional resort yeah. so what but i so i was like okay like it's like a sort of non-comment for me from mk yeah and when he and also i thought that there's a non-comment with christopher's outfit because he's got mm-hmm. this print that's kind of like this it's like a houndstooth i don't know like an abstract houndstooth and um hmm. He makes a comment like, oh, you know, I'm 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 draping it this way. It's got like an off the shoulder feel. Um, it's it's like a simpler version of what um April's making, actually. And so mm-hmm. he's like, I just don't want it to be too toga party, you know? Um, and I I was hoping that Michael Kors was like, Oh, just like go toga to the max, like why not? Like she's going <laughs> to the, you know, the Mediterranean, la la la. But then um, he talks about like, oh, the fabric, let the fabric talk to you. The fabric wants to move. Then, you know, just, you know, let it do what it wants to do, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next, we have Ivy and Michael D. Yes. 
Yeah. Ivy. Okay. I, w- I would like for you to, you know, okay. So Ivy to me is already trying to explain. She's doing something where she's trying to translate the difference between sketch and reality <laughs> because mm-hmm. she sketched her pants, those 3d pants that she can't do anymore. Um, and she's trying to explain because this is how I, um, I explained her talking about how she kept simplifying and simplifying um, because it really is kind of casually disparaging to Michael D. Yeah. But I, I, I'm kind of, I interpret that as her trying to translate the sketch. Yeah. But it's also like, it's a realistic thing. Okay. So Michael D can't do, what Ivy wants, mm-hmm. but I still think there could have been a much more positive attitude about this and try to figure out like, okay, so what, like, what are you comfortable? What do you do really well, really fast? Yes. Michael Lee, tell me so yes. I can like figure out how to adapt my design for that. Yeah. And that's actually, for me, that's a very real world thing. Like you're going to go to um, a manufacturer and maybe, maybe they can do exactly what you want. But mm-hmm. not at the time, not in the time frame that you need it in. And they have to, and you have to adapt your, your design because you don't want to wait another season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't think that adaptation would have been out of line hmm. in the real world. I mean, this is a competition. This is still real, but it's not, you know, this is not going into production. So I thought there was just too much negativity from Ivy at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Unfo- unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. I, I totally agree. Um, and and also just kind of because Michael D knows and it's it's also uh, it's just so uncomfortable. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, we kind of go through her her choices of fabric. She had this print that they told her was careerish. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I've seen we've seen some prints from Ivy and she doesn't tend to choose prints that are that I would say that I enjoy looking at um, and I thought careerish was an interesting adjective um, and, and interesting way to describe it um, and also it was like one of the rare moments that Tim actually speaks <laughs> during these crits um, where he says Ivy I suggest that you divorce yourself from this print like it was so dramatic um, and then we have Michael D who's making um, uh, a black outfit and has a very what looks like a very simple sketch and i think the only thing i really noted was that someone told him to make the armholes sexy Hmm. i don't know if you remember that but i'm like huh all right sexy armholes all right um but i also thought it was like an interesting i like something to pinpoint on that um that i would rarely think about like what makes a sexy armhole um i i would like more explanation about that anyway all right mm-hmm. all right ready to move on to val and ari yes right. yes so we have valerie and ari and ari's piece is a lot of work um and it looks like a lot um has kind of gone into it and um uh or you know in in terms of how they're going to be dealing with that but I, but the only um thing that i kind of 
was really interesting about this is that um, what Valerie or what Ari's making for Valerie is already on the mannequin. And Michael Kors refers to the blue as cadet blue. And yeah. it also prompts him to talk about how he's like, you choose colors that are just quite frankly, people don't like. And then, and then yeah. he goes like, and then Gretchen over there with that Bordeaux, because when I say you people, I don't mean just you, Valerie. I mean, you and Gretchen, like these colors, we don't want to see these colors anymore. <laughs> Could you just like, just do something about that? <laughs> so, which I thought was could dead blue. I, I, I really like that. <laughs> you know, I do too, but I do like it in the shape that valerie is working with i don't no i don't and she so she so you know? i think what she's making is this um it looks like a vest that is um kind of ruched and and um you know the way it's 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 uh way it looks it's gonna have this kind of drape where there are these folds in in the middle like towards the in in the waist area um it just doesn't look good I thought the color also was was bad as also it was like a meh blue, um, yeah. And and so yeah, I, it's a I, very it's it's a very flat version of that color. Very flat, yeah. I totally agree. I, but also, what she's wearing is flat to me too. Like she's so yeah. in, she's wearing yeah. this in the workroom on this day. She's wearing this um, like a deep or dark purple, like a plum um, uh, outfit with a hoodie on it. Um, it's got this really interesting um, over part that's kind of goes with the outfit. I'm, I'm assuming that she made it, but um, underneath it's like a black um, tank top and then this purple over thing with a hood. And I don't like this either. Same. I just thought the combination of the colors was like, man, these colors. The only time I've, I've liked what she's made in terms of color combinations was when she made that all red outfit for the billboard challenge. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so Tim thanks Michael Kors for this extraordinary experience as Michael <laughs> Kors says goodbye. <laughs> and and it's model time. It's time for the models to come in. And, um, you know, we just have no garment ready from uh, Michael C., Oh, no, sorry, Michael D. Um, because Michael D has to sew something that he thought he was ready to try on for Ivy, but it's not right. So Ivy sends him back to the brother sewing room. Um, by now, Mono and, and Michael D are best friends. And yes. they have like this amazing uh, fitting together. I, all, all I wrote in my notes about them is just like they're, they're best friends. And, and then we have this, um, um, before we, we leave for the day, Valerie calls home and, um, mm. because she's very, very unsure after the Michael Kors critique. And we also get to learn that she's put a hell of a lot of, of pressure on herself, um, to get mm. to fashion week. And, um, it's, it, it kind of is really heartbreaking because, and it's also not a new narrative from certain designers, but, um, in terms of the stress that she's, she's under uh seems like there's a lot there yeah so. all right so we had to the next day um i just want to point out that in atlas the next morning ari is doing her daily devotions while talking to michael d 
Um, oh, Ari is oh, sitting right. on, on the bed that. reading a fat new international version Bible <laughs> with a big fat mm. cross in her ear. Um, it just like it's like learning so much more about Ari, like oh, how you feel about Hawaii and like well, that. Um, and then also this um, this NIV Bible. It's so huge. <laughs> so just have to clock that. And um, and also Ivy, who is very, very worried about her designs with Michael Drummond because she's like, I need to just make sure that he keeps his end of the deal and makes my outfit. And um, yeah, that's kind of like the stresses of the day. All right. Um, all right. We have the we go back into the workroom and we have the teams that are like in sync and then we have the teams that are unbalanced. <laughs> and we, <Yeah>. because, <laughs> because like there's this moment that I love where Christopher, because you know, we have not seen April or Christopher all that much, but um April is with like Christopher. Christopher discovers that April did something, did some kind of finishing on her own on his outfit. He comes and he's like, Oh my god, April, I'm so glad you put that like hook and eye on there. And she's like, Yeah, I did that because like a zipper would have been like too heavy. Like, oh my god, it's such a good design element that you put on there. But also it also it communicates how, just how easy breezy finishes are for these two because they're so technically great. <laughs> yeah. And then you have Ivy and Michael T. <laughs> Where Ivy is showing uh, Michael D details on her own clothes. Like, I feel like Ivy got dressed that morning specifically to show Michael D how to finish her outfit. She's like, I'm wearing this shirt because it looks like the, sh the thing that I want you to make. So I'm just going to point this to you on my own body so you can see what I want. Can you do this? He's like, um, maybe. So, yeah. We have Mono and, and Michael C who are still best friends and they're just <laughs> having the greatest time. Just, just, you know, finishing each other's up. They're so excited um, about what's happening. And uh, I, you know, I have to say, okay, um, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get into this, but there are some new rules that I didn't know existed because Tim comes in and basically says, you know, hair and makeup, all this stuff, but the designer's, um, the 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 tailors are in control of sewing the designers' designs until ten minutes till runway. So when Tim calls ten minutes, that means that they can hand over the design to the designers, um, but not until then because during this you know before the runway, there's this Ivy and Michael D tension going on, of course, where Ivy is like in my opinion, just holding herself together so tremendously tightly. Like she's really doing her best to get through a, an incredibly frustrating um, ordeal. Yeah. And um, Michael D is sort of like, of course, feeling the pressure. Um, and it's just like, yeah, you know, like she's like sitting next to me as I'm like sewing her garment and I can just feel her crazy energy on me. I would never do that to anyone. It would just freak them out. And I was just like, well, but Michael D, this is sort of, she's treating you this way for a reason. And you kind of know, and this is sort of like a thing where I felt badly for both of them. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how, if you had any thoughts on that, on that guy. I mean, I, I thought just calling it crazy energy was out of control. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, Ivy's stress was most likely, I mean, gosh, it's palpable to us as viewers, let alone being in the room. But guess what? This challenge was like, oh, you have to, someone else is going to sew your garment. How do you know what you're going to be judged on? Right. Like we, we, we expect that people are going to be judged on both things, but there's no real, it's not like Ivy can just check out and say, oh, okay, so you know what? If my garment is messed up, that's on, on Michael, on Michael D. Right. It's not like that. So yeah. it's still Ivy's vision. So if someone doesn't know how to technically execute like your vision and you've adapted and this person um, sews far slower than you, mm-hmm. then I don't know. And I think Mondo kind of called it earlier in the episode with saying Ivy, Ivy's, um, Ivy is a powerhouse and she's a bossy lady. Good luck, Michael D. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's a fair assessment of Ivy. Yes. Ivy's a powerhouse. <laughs> How are you going to handle a powerhouse, Michael D? Yeah. How are you going to step it up? And I'm sure Michael stepped it up to the best of Michael D's ability. So it just becomes this like time pressure management thing going on. And I think they should have adapted as they went along. Yeah. If if possible. Yeah, totally. Um, and I, and I think that's, that's, that's a really interesting thing because yeah, Ivy is, oh man, like the idea of this being two challenges in one and it being really unfortunate, like it, it, I, I would love to know about, I don't know, like it, it just feels like the way Ivy is and also how difficult it must be to change what it is that you wanted to do, um, and have to do so many things at once. And especially with, um, you know, she has very strong ideas about what she wants to do and how she wants them done. And, you know, it's, yeah. So like Tim comes in and calls the last 10 minutes and, Ivy, they 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 immediately switch. So Ivy dives onto the um, the sewing machine, and uh, it becomes like uh, for like briefly, um, you know, Michael D is like a like a wonderful assistant at this moment, kind of following her around and being like, "Do, yeah. do you need this thread? Do you need that thread?" Blah, blah blah. And they're communicating in a way where you know they're they're trying to, to she's trying to maximize this ten minutes, and it seems like Michael D is being supportive, but um. But yeah, it's 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 just a very, it's just too late. It's not enough time, um, um, ten minutes here, but to put a strap on because I think that's what they're trying to do is just finish the top. So she manages to kind of do that. We even see like this wonderful moment where Ivy is fitting or sewing her model into this top, and she tells Molly, she's like, you know what? Um, could you just not leave your hair alone? I just want you to stand up straight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is stressful. Yes, yeah. And I, th- I think when people hear, uh, you know, people socialized or feminized or presenting as, you know, what we accept as women, when people are assertive, it's automatically crazy energy. Yes. And I really resent that throughout this whole episode about yeah. Ivy. No, because it was the opposite of crazy. It was the opposite of whatever you would associate with that, like with different things, like maybe manic or um, yeah. um, chaotic. Um, Ivy's hey, uh, yes. sense chaotic of control, I thought, was just, yeah. yeah, that was out of control. Like her sense of control, I'm like, I, I was like, wow, that is, 
I can't imagine what is stirring underneath, but holy shit, can she work under pressure and also, you know, channel her frustration in a way where she could have bitten um, Michael D's head off. Um, She could have said a lot more things, but she's just like, no, I'm just going to like calmly deal with this. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think you said it with the word control. I think Ivy is used to being in control. Now she has to outsource it to somebody who just doesn't match her skill set. Oh, yeah. What? What is to be expected? Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. You know? Yeah. There's... Yeah, man. Wow. All right. So let's get into runway time. And listeners, mm-hmm. this is where you can um, click the link and pull up the cheat sheet. And and again, to warn you, there are two pages because I can't help myself. The first page is in <laughs> runway order. And the second page tells you who are the highs and lows and the saves. So if you don't want to know, um, don't look at page two. All right, so we have our normies, our normal judges, Heidi Klum, Michael Kors, Nina Garcia. I'm, I'm sorry, Nina Garcia. And then we have our guest judge, uh, the very fashionable Kristen Bell, <laughs> who so yeah, far is my least I, I favorite know who that is. guest judge. You don't know who Kristen Bell is? I mean, I, I, I've heard a name, but I don't know. I've never seen anything with Kristen Bell in it that I'm aware of. Oh. Maybe I did, and I so just forgot. I but... think she's kind of gone through a change in, in uh, because, like, I like Kristen Bell now, kind of, sort of, but I did, I disliked her deeply as a guest judge oh. on this episode. Um, and this is before... Um, Oh my gosh, what is that show? I'm so sorry, listeners. There is a show that she's famous for, but most recently cool? she was on The Good Place. She's she's oh. everywhere. She does a lot of voices and whatever. But I feel like this is sort of when she was first coming onto the scene of being um, very very famous. And um, yeah, so this is this is pre. I like sloths, Kristen Bell, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So we have. Um, Oh, so oops, sorry. Okay, first, okay, let's go to our um our cheat sheet. First up is the best friends. It's Michael C <laughs> and Mondo. So the designer is Michael C, and then the tailor is Mondo. All right. Um, any any thoughts on this guy? Oh, I wanted to hear what you thought about this first outfit from oh Michael gosh. C. Opening the show, resort wear. What did you think? I actually thought that okay first of all i liked the fabric i thought the fabric was very smart um i kind of wish that the belt wasn't there only because it's kind of like a crutch i don't think he designed that and i think there could have been something more interesting going on there but i thought that um uh the model looked really really great um i wish that the top could have been fitted a little bit better um, because I just can't help it. I just think about like, could I wear a bra with this or is this, you know, for, for those who can go braless. And so, um, I right. wouldn't be able to really wear this, this jumpsuit, but yeah. I thought it was like, I just loved, I love the fabric and I thought it was, was really great. And I clocked, um, this unnecessary pocket. <laughs> Again, another unnecessary pocket. Yeah, it's very much a vehicle for side breast, side breast yes. sightings. You yes, know, yeah. weird. So you know, if you're into that, it's great. Um, and then the next, oh yeah, and yeah, and the next one is uh, designer is Mondo, and the tailor is Michael C. 
I didn't like this one. Me neither. I mean, it was just, it just felt like what, none of this made sense to me. But people get, get into why in the judging time. Yes. You know. Would you, I would have been okay if Mondo did something inspired by his own resort, his apartment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, why not a Capri short in that green pattern? Why not like a Capri short, some kind of pant, like something that still fits the sort of retro kind of retro aesthetic of Mondo, mm-hmm. you know, without it being this like wacky infantilized bathing suit that doesn't fit really anybody yeah. uh, after the age of, after, after the age of nine, I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, it just looks uncomfortable to wear. And I, what I loved during the runway, cause he told his, his model to just kind of look really bouncy and bubbly and and she didn't do that. He's like, mm, not I'm at all. Very disappointed at my model. She's not really doing what I asked her to do. And I was like, I wonder if it's because she doesn't like what she's wearing, or she forgot. Mm. And also, I thought yeah. if I had to go after Michael C's outfit, I would have been so upset because Michael C's outfit is very like, oh, it's like retro seventies fabulousness <laughs> for you know it's, the twenty tens. Yeah. And then you have this outfit that, yeah, I, I agree with the, how you call it, like infantilizing. Like it's kind of, you know, it's from a, it's a, it's a, it's a different realm. And I would be, uh, I would be jealous of the first model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes. Ian. Yeah. All right. Um, next we have the, um, we have Michael D as the designer and Ivy as the tailor. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say at first I was, uh, you know, I, I was kind of taken aback because I forgot that Michael Kors, like, it can be evening wear because this definitely is an evening wear route. And, of course, Michael D., who um, considers himself to be a darker designer, um, is bringing in this all black, but also like a little bit of um, it almost looks like there's like a bikini underneath there. And it, it looked like the 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 whoever is wearing this could have worn this bikini and then had this. Um, yes. very formal um, overlay and could have walked to dinner like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love this look. Same. I really, really great. And I thought, you know, for all of the, the, um, the, um, the, the tension, tension. Yes. Like I was thinking of so many words. I, I thought like, great that, that Ivy is the one who sewed this because I don't think Michael D could have done this. Honestly. No, it would not look this it good. Look, yeah, it would look like this. Um, but also, I have a feeling that there was some consultation with the neckline because this was so much more intricate than the sketch that he had. Yes. And I feel like he well, probably wouldn't. Sketch... Yeah, go ahead. But you, you know something? I think the sketch was misleading. The sketch that we were shown does mm-hmm. not match what was drawn on the mannequin in red lines. Oh, yeah. What was drawn on the mannequin was actually... A photocopy of this it was, it was exactly this kind of neckline but the sketch that we were shown had these ruffle sleeves and yeah i don't know why we, we were shown either an outdated sketch um but clearly what was on the mannequin was different so oh good point yeah i, I don't know what happened there but yeah okay yeah. but i thought about it when i saw this i was like oh okay so what was on the mannequin was the most updated design because i wasn't sure well What's the most updated stage? What's on the sketch or what's on the mannequin? You mm. know? Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, all right. Well, next we have Ivy as the designer and Michael D as the tailor. Oh my gosh. How unfortunate this moment. Oh how unfortunate this oh, moment. So, so, so sad. I mean, I don't know, I don't know, like, I'm just going to say, I don't know why it was so intricate to sew this, because this looks like, like, anybody could have done it, but again, I don't, I know how to sew, like, a basic thing, like, fix your hem kind of thing, that's yeah. it, but, so I don't know why this took so long and needed so much supervision. Yeah, I, but, I kind of, you know, I really feel like, yes, no, Michael, of course, Michael D, but in, in terms of this, you know, I, I would, I want to say that Ivy could have done a lot better with yeah. instructing Michael D on how to make something out of this because she, you know, yeah, she has these fabrics that Michael D is not used to working with that are um, more advanced, I would say. And I remember her saying how she was going to simplify her pant design into specifically a circle skirt. And Sure, do a circle skirt. Um, it's hard to do that kind of aesthetic with this very drapey kind of fabric that um, doesn't have that much structure to it on its own um, that you might have to pleat. There are no pleats to this. There are no gathers here. If there are any gathers around the waist, it's covered up by this top here. Um, and even the length, the length is the saddest thing to me. Um, oh my gosh. Every, that headband, the, le the length of everything, yes. the length of the hair, the length of the top, the shirt, <laughs> the length of the skirt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have tucked that shirt in, but maybe it was like bad and you couldn't do that. But my I... God, like there was, there's so much fabric doing nothing here. Yeah. And I don't understand yeah. why it looks like that skirt's lined and I'm like, Why? There's just a lot of nothing. The color is just unfortunately just different shades of still this hospital aesthetic. I don't know. Yeah, it's real bad. All right. Ready for Christopher? Yes. All right. Next, we have Christopher as the designer and April as the tailor. And we have these, um, uh, this uh hound's tooth thing yeah. up here and bermuda shorts these long bermuda shorts with some piping detail um, does this make khaki. any sense to you i hate this outfit i hate it it makes me mad but, so it's sort of like you know if the highlands were in the caribbean if the, yeah. if the Scottish Highlands were in the... Like, I don't understand how these two things go together. Yeah, it's a really bad print. I don't... Like, every, like, this whole, like, season so far, people's colors have been off. And I just... I'm mm. like, what is up with the colors that people are choosing? But, um, yeah, I thought this... No one talked about the print being ugly in the workroom. And I guess right. you couldn't because that's all he had. And, um, and it's to each their own. But I also was like, why do you need this gigantic clutch? What is she doing with the clutch? Where is she going with this clutch at a yeah. resort? And then these um, these skinny Bermuda-like shorts with piping? What is the piping doing there? Why? And why is it yeah. khaki? I mean, those aren't – I wouldn't even call those Bermudas. Those are like that's – the that's a cycling short. Yeah, they're that tight. Length and that, that fit, that's called a cycling short, not – 
like not in the cycling industry, but in the like that's called a cycling short rather than a Bermuda. Okay. Um, so I and I'm not saying this to correct you. I apologize, but what I mean is it could have been a really good Bermuda short yes. instead. Yeah. You know, like it could have been that. It's but, hoping to be Bermuda. <laughs> yeah, like I love what, what what people call Bermuda shorts, which I call knee length shorts or around the knee area shorts. Mm-hmm. But this is like, what the heck? I don't know. Yeah. Don't I don't understand. I, I don't know why this was, wasn't on the bottom. To be yeah. Honest. Oh, I'm sorry. I gave it away. Uh-oh. Spoiler I, alert. Anyway, this is, it's yeah, safe. Spoiler alert. This, this is what safety looks like. It's safe. Spoiler alert. This is what safety looks like. <laughs> but good to know that you would have replaced one of the lows with this one. I mean. Yes, I would have. Uh, next, we have April as the designer and Christopher as the tailor. Yeah. What do you think? All right. I'm so tired of baby doll dresses. I really am. Um, I yeah. I do, I'm... though, appreciate the neckline quite a bit. I love it. I love it. I, yeah. I, yeah. Because it's sort of, it, it is kind of like, again, Michael Drummond has this thing going on. I don't know what was going on in the workroom, but I really, really like the the lines on 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 the top um i think it definitely suffers with the short underneath um and i think she could have done something maybe um a little bit longer but um i love the way this walked i i didn't even mind the straps being kind of you know around the 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 bottom and being you know they're not um uh, you know, maybe they can move up or down, but when the, they, of course, look better when the when her arms are by her side. But um, right. I just thought this is really wonderful. It's very April and um, styled wonderfully. Like I, just, I, I like this so much. <laughs> yeah, I thought. You know what I thought? I th- when I saw this, I thought, okay, it's we're we're being shown. By the way, I even though I I love this top part so much just like you loved it loved it loved it wanted it like without mm-hmm. I, I want i would love to wear something like that without those romantic victorian straps that say i'm a i'm a damsel in distress yes. kind of thing but um you know this could be worn with jeans like people that have like you could wear this with black jeans and look really good you know yeah. with a heel or a flat that's interesting i thought this had a lot of potential besides those those shorts yeah i feel like Man, it would have been great if she had some, um, like some of those lines on on some pants. That would have been really nice. Like yes, something happened. I totally agree. Yeah, because there's <gasps> something about it where it's not too much. It doesn't feel like it would be too busy the way she's done yeah. this here, where she could have gone to town on some like wonderful lines on some pants. Yes, like at the bottom. You just made me like this so much more. Yeah. Yeah. I I just I liked it a lot and I I just and also another thing about like April being um yeah she is quite young and and that's um and she just is out of out of school and is and she's had a hard time on this season with being called out for things that she felt so strongly um with um that I I just really liked that she came out of this collaboration with Christopher um yeah. and did something like this that I was like oh this is really fun yeah. Um, all right. Next, we have Casanova as the designer yeah. and Gretchen as Taylor. Hmm. 
Um, you know, I wish, so there's something about this top that is really beautiful from the, from like hmm. the shoulder line, just the, just the shoulders, yeah. the back is not great. And we've seen him do backs. Like, I feel like if he sewed this, it would have looked a lot better, honestly, I feel, um, mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, the bottom part to me feels like a half-ass peplum. And I would like, if you're going to do a peplum, and I've, I've said this about Peach and her outfits. If you're going to, if you're going to do a peplum, I would like for you to commit to doing it. Mm. Just commit. This feels very much like, hmm, maybe, maybe not. Um, there's a little bit too much going on. And again, like, I hate the color. Um, yeah, the color's the color. not good. No. You know, I thought. I'm going to get more about this outfit on the judging, actually, if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. Just um, for the sake of time. Okay. So let's, let's get into, um, and I'll correct Gretchen. you. Yeah. Designer Gretchen Taylor Casanova. And, um, oh. we have this, like what, what we have Gretchen's, um, response to Michael Kors's critique of there being too much Bordeaux with the pants. Cause so she did this oversized palazzo. Um, what do you think about this? I think it's so frumpy. I mean, this is the picture of frump in motion. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say. Um, I didn't like it at all. I mean, it's like a, a fancy pajama. Yeah. I feel like it was trying to be sporty um, and, and and just doing a little bit too much with the design with trying to cover it up with more fabric. Um, so instead of yeah. actually incorporating it, it almost looks like she copied and pasted this um, oh, you know, like semi-transparent khaki on top of it. Um, and still, uh, like, it just almost looks like there's two jumpsuits in one. Like, she made a jumpsuit and she made another one on top of it. Right, right. You know, I don't like the way it hangs in the back. I, I just didn't like it. I thought it was really frumpy looking. And uh, was it well made? Sure. But it, I don't know how that was not, not flattering around the waist, not flattering around the, like, neckline. Um it just looked like a, a pajama to me. Yeah. And I think, you know, this, these ideas of like leisure, ease, luxury, you know, sitting around, collecting sunshine, mm-hmm. like nothing about these materials in these shapes and this construction communicates that Yeah. to me. Yeah, totally agree. And like, yeah. Well, what about the next one? I mean, we we'll, we have Valerie as the designer and we have Ari as the tailor here. Oh, yeah. Are you asking me to start or do you want to go? Well, I don't know. I guess I'll start. I'll, I'll just say that okay. this, this doesn't look... Okay, so uh, you know, Valerie, again, took the critique from Michael Kors, changed it from Cadet Blue, and then changed it to the khaki that everyone else is using. So... Yeah. It's this, and I think there's like maybe a bra underneath, or maybe a, a a halter bikini top. I don't know what's happening underneath it, but there is some like some black detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have um these shorts with a chevron detail underneath, with a black, a very thick black um uh cummerbund or like a like a line there going on, and um yeah. Yeah. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was just a series of bad decisions. 
I agree. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so like, I'm just getting to the point here. I just didn't like it at all. Like nothing salvageable even. Yeah. Uh, very confused by it. And I think, I, I think, okay, so I know I, I've been to California before. Um, multiple, like San Francisco, um, Monterey, not Los Angeles. I've been to San Jose, I think. So I've been, I've been to like these little parts of, of California. I went to a garlic festival in mm-hmm. some that like only does this and is known for doing this. But my impression is that people kind of wear resort wear also a lot because of the weather. Yes. And I thought, where where does this come from? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think Valerie may not, like, I feel like Valerie does know what resort wear is, but I think maybe is taking it for granted in this challenge and trying to do something more, hmm. but it just didn't go the appropriate route. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Um, it, it mostly feels like what she typically does, um, just showing a little bit more skin, in, in my opinion. Um yeah but everything is at the top in this cross and this like the the pleats and the just so much going on yeah yeah you know so much going on the proportions are are really strange um yeah and and the design decisions aren't relating to one another at all and that mm -hmm. then it makes it really hard to understand yeah i want i really do wonder where she got this fabric from or if she was going to use that with the blue um yeah Oh no! Yeah, too bad. Meanwhile, Ari. Oh Ugh. my God, what did you think about Ari? Uh, so I thought this was perfect. <laughs> Me too. Me too. And, and you know what I love about it? I yeah. feel like this is the kind of color combination that looks good on, in my opinion, on all skin pigmentations. Oh yeah. Like it. It just looks good on on everybody. And it's like you know, like. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> No, that's it. That's it. I just think there's so much here that is working. Yeah. So much here that's working. Because, and I, well, <laughs> I, I, I kind of like, I, I cut you off because of like what you're talking about, like the pigmentation or like how it works on so many colors. Because what she set off to do was this elevated version of what she sees every day. And like, you know, she was like, like oh, I see this all the time. Like everyone's wearing a bikini, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to do like an elevated version of resort wear because where I come from, resort wear is just, you know, just what people wear around the day. And this feels elevated because of the color with this silvery, um, you know, dipped yeah. in purple color. It's, it, it's, I think the fabric is doing a lot because the fabric itself is beautiful. Yeah. But the way that it's coordinated, so the you know the model comes out and um, it's tied at the top, and she unties it, and there's this it it reveals this really um, uh, also like a very wearable um, uh, bathing suit, um, and then at the end of the runway, she puts it back on, and it's a wonderful way of demonstrating how easy this is to wear as well yeah it's so Absolutely. freaking wearable and i thought wow yeah. it, it feels simple because it essentially is like this beautiful wrap that's got um you know this this the sash but it's lined like the whole thing is lined in this um this the sash and um it looks like a complete outfit from beginning to end it's just great yeah i love this it's it's, it's super yeah it's really super all right <laughs> All right, so that's the end of the runway, and Patrice, you've already spoiled it. So, like, 
Here are the Sorry. safe designers. It's okay. The safe designers are Valerie, Christopher, Michael C., and Casanova. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Gretchen. Oh my god. I cuz I I'm going to I'm going to um uh whatever. It's fine. Um Gretchen is safe. So so but what they do for the designers who are not safe though is they keep their tailors out there with them so only a handful of people are are back in the designer lounge doing the waiting because um our top 3 are Michael D and so Michael D will be out there with Ivy. And then we have April, and April will be out there with Christopher. We have Ari, and Ari will be out there with Valerie. The low scores are Mondo, Michael C is out there. Um, Ivy, Michael D is going to be out there. And then Casanova. And so Gretchen will be out there with um, with Casanova. Um, oh, my goodness. So so let's 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 get to this. I'm going to go uh, back here. It's time time for judging. They want to talk to the higher scores first with their teammates. All right. So we've kind of said a lot about April already. Um, she's up first. Um, any any other, anything that the designers, I mean, the judges said about April's outfit that stood out for you? No, I thought they were spot on. They mostly loved it. They thought it was perfect. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. 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 And I would like to say that I feel like she's, this is like, a, I, I don't know, you know, she's kind of, not convince them, but this is this is a very she has a very strong sense of what she wants to do in her in her aesthetic, yeah. and I just I just thought this was like just really great. Um, yeah, they um, described it as a tough punk baby doll look. Michael Kors yeah. described it as such, right? Yep, yeah, edgy baby um, doll, and I I agree. Educate. I would I just don't like baby doll dresses anymore. I'm just I feel oh, like in 2010 yeah. it was like the end of that. I would like to believe. Yeah, we don't do totally. that. Anymore, oh, I do agree. We? I agree. Okay. Yeah. I think baby dolls are are over. Um, for now, they'll they'll, they'll come back in a, in a different way. Um, next we have Ari, who is like I'm from Hawaii. I know women who just live in bikinis and cover ups all day, and I want mm-hmm. to do something more sophisticated and versatile. And I'm just like, yeah, you did that. So, um, yeah, I think, again, they really, really loved that. And I think there's something that, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's everything that we said, spot on. They love the fabric for Nina Garcia, you know, ding, 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 looks expensive, ding, ding, ding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's, it's glamorous. (laughs) They use really, really wonderful words to describe this piece. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I also want to say that this is something we've seen variations of before. Oh, yeah. Totally. So it's, which is why someone said, oh, it's commercial. Mm-hmm. But still, still, it's worth, it's it has its merit. Yeah. Um, It met the brief. It really met the brief. It, exactly. It so. met the brief. Yeah. And also considering that Valerie was like, uh, yeah, I could totally That's make true. a swimsuit when she really couldn't. <laughs> yeah. So however they worked that out, they, they managed without the drama of Valerie kind of lacking experience with bathing suits. So Um, next we have Michael D um, who uh, immediately pays homage to Ivy and Ivy sewing skills and how this must have been difficult for, for her to do. And, um, and 
I think so, uh, one of the judges asked, like, Ivy, like, what was it like to work with Michael D on this? And she, Ivy says something that I thought was really interesting. Where oh. she says, um, I don't think Michael Drummond thinks about how a woman gets in and out of a garment. So I definitely helped with that. Um, and I mm-hmm. thought about that because I'm like, yeah, this outfit is wrapped very intricately around the body. And um, it, 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 you know, kind of looks like something that wouldn't be so diff- So um, it would be kind of hard to get in and out of this. But yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't even really think about it. I just kind of wish that Ivy had said it a different way. <laughs> I know. So, I think the pressure is getting to Ivy, and Ivy is just saying a lot of angry things. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> so yeah. yeah, anything about this interaction? I mean, it's obviously very awkward. And yeah. Tense. No. No. Yeah. No, not really. It is what it is. Great, because now we have to talk to the low scores now. So here they come. <laughs> And we have, um, of course, we have Mondo, Ivy, and Casanova. My God, my notes for this is so are so long. Oh my God! So Mondo, um, not that long. All I have to say is that Mondo is like, well, so I don't know what resort wear is. I don't even know what it is, but I like to play with color, so that's what I did. And yeah. um, I feel as if there was a moment where Heidi Klum is really trying to work into these dramatic these drama dynamics in this, this group pairing but she only gets a love fest from mondo because mondo's like you know what i had such a great time working with michael d that if i go home on this i don't care <laughs> yeah like- that was nice. I thought it was really nice, um, especially with Michael, them asking Michael D, like, how did you, how was it working with Mondo? And Mondo, he's like, it was great. He didn't like me so much in the beginning, but after that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he likes me now. I like him. I respect him. If he respects me, it was wonderful. And so they move on. They're like, okay, who's next? Where can we get the real heat from? Because this was supposed to be drama. <laughs> Ivy brings the heat. So, um, Ivy mostly talks about how she had to adjust her designs after assessing Michael D's skill levels and um, and also kind of wistfully kind of talks about what she wished that she could have done or where she was trying to go with her color palette. She's like, I'm trying to get the movement and the color of the ocean. That's why I chose these colors um, that look to me still like hospital. And so um, and I think Heidi Klum definitely smells blood and water here. Hmm. <laughs> so we have our we have our moment um where Heidi Klum asks oh yeah so Ivy goes like yeah I had to like change my skirt design twice because he doesn't know how to execute a pant yeah. and Heidi's like so Michael D how do you feel about that and it's like Michael D's like um I didn't say that I couldn't execute a pant. Um, these fabrics were difficult for me. I can sew. All right. Um, and it's, it's just sort of like, here's the transformation. So it's happening on the mm. runway, sort of like how we have this transformation of Gretchen during the group challenge. We have this transformation of Michael D um, where he's uh, being, uh, you know, it's sort of like it's coming out. Of course it's, a, it is, um, a culmination of a lot of feelings and a lot of repressed or suppressed 
stress here. Um, mm. And what, but what I don't like and where I got angry at this interaction mm-hmm. is when Michael Kors comes in and also Heidi Klum and how it is clear that they're I, kind of making it okay for Michael D to feel a little bit of um, uh, validation in his hurt feelings mm. from, from Ivy and where we kind of lose this mutual sense of I'm technically, you're so technically skilled and um, we're both kind of fucked here. Like we've been fucked by this mm-hmm. challenge and I feel for you. Yeah. I I'm sorry. I have responsibility in this as well, but we're kind of in this thing together and we're doing the best we can. Yeah. So Michael Kors comes in and it's like, Hey guys. So remember I was the special judge on this one because this was sort of like my challenge when I was in the worker and back there, she probably had like seven different fabrics and Ivy's like, I had four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is half of his very exaggerated perspective. And Michael Kors completely ignores this and goes, mm. but okay, maybe at four, but buying all those fabrics and buying so little of them, you really can't do that much with them. And I was like, well, with the silhouettes I had in mind, I could have. And I'm just like, get them, Ivy. You know, like, it was just like this back and forth where I'm like, my God, like, does anyone remember what this challenge is and what you've done to these designers? And so it, it essentially is the fault of the challenge where you have someone who is choosing for themselves something and then they have to switch it over um, as we've talked about, but we have to think like what she wanted to do, she, she couldn't do because you paired her yeah. up with someone who's not used to working with these and admits that he's just not as technically competent as Ivy. Um, right. And so, yeah. I don't know. And I think this is the moment where um, this is definitely the episode that made me start rooting for Ivy yeah. up until this point in the season. Like why, why do I remember liking Ivy a lot? Why did I, why do I like Ivy? Cause she says a lot of mean things about, michael c up until this mm-hmm, point right mm-hmm. but this is the episode that i started liking ivy and it's because of a comment that happens in the judging yeah um i mean not not just not just but it's definitely how ivy handled this that i started understanding more but also i think what is not uh, this is one of those moments on television where um it's really obvious that some people have grown up with a sense of like failure is not an option because it is literally the end of the road. Right. And I think sometimes in like certain economies like U S and English speaking economies, like the sense of failure is kind of glamorized as some kind of like thing that, Oh, it's just something that happens and you bounce back from it. Well, not everybody has latitude to bounce back from it back from like any kind of failure so you're just not you're just not used to thinking in that way and i think for ivy who's american but has another like also has another sense of looking at things because i'm not sure what generation immigrant ivy is Mm -hmm. but earlier in the episode ivy says you don't want to piss off a korean mom or something like Mm -hmm. that or a korean woman Mm -hmm. or something like that so for me, that was a, a a very strong indication that there are relationships to failure at play that are not the norm for somebody like Michael D. Yeah. I mean, and you also, know? yeah, because I feel like 
there, this was, yeah, it's incredibly frustrating in that sense because we, we hear that, you know, um, and, and it's one of those things that, yeah, I, I agree that, that I think is a downfall for a lot of these designers, especially Ivy, where she has done a lot of the work she has done, um, she's graduated from Parsons. Um, and so I guess we're supposed to assume that if you graduate from Parsons and your, your design skills, your sewing skills, at least your construction aesthetics are, are top yeah, notch. Okay. Um, yeah. but I, and I, I, but I would not assume that of everyone who graduates from Parsons, but I would assume that yeah. for someone like Ivy, because yeah. Ivy is very, like, very technically impeccable, but, um, um, but it's almost like this is sort of the thing that I can see as someone who wants to, I, I'm not gonna, um, assume what her family was like. Um, but someone mm-hmm. who is from um, uh, a family from Korea, who's uh, maybe, you know, if she's like first or second generation or something like that, um, uh, that for her, there is a high standard. Um, yeah. She holds a high standard for herself. She holds a high standard for everyone else. It fair or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and it, it, it I think she handled this with Michael D um, quite well, um, mm-hmm. just in terms of like, a person to personal dynamic. She's probably like thinking a bunch of stuff underneath, but yeah, no, I think it makes perfect sense on her end to, to explain to this row of, of experts. Like, you know, if I'm working with someone who can't do this, then we're not going to do that. And mm-hmm. I handled this um, in, in a way where I was thrown because I'm a very highly skilled person and the things yeah. that I wanted to do, I could have done really, really well, but I had to, you know, this is how I'm, you know, this is the best I could do in terms of adjusting. But, um, but yeah, I think in terms of the failure, like Ivy, I know, like, I don't know, like I, 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 and I also have a feeling in terms of how she wasn't really that great at pivoting um, and and sort of the control factor. And all a part of it too is like, not wanting to put anything out there that had any like puckering or whatever would ha- have happened to that fabric. Um, yeah. A little bit of like definitely condescension there in terms of like he, all he can do is like straight lines. He can only sew straight lines. Yeah. <laughs> this outfit. No, I know. I know. I, I is definitely condescending. And I think it comes out of frustration. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, um, not to make excuses, but I think it's understandable that this clash would produce that. Yeah. And I also is, you know, I can kind of understand and I'm, I'm, um, but one of the most also very disappointing moments in this was from Kristen Bell. This is a moment where I'm mm-hmm. like, just shut up, whatever, mm-hmm. where she, what was it? she tries to kind of stick up for, she thinks she's sticking up for Mike. Uh, this is the other thing. Like everyone came to Michael D's rescue. I'm like, fuck all of you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck off. Michael <laughs> D is fine. But she's like, Ivy, what you should have done is like, determine what Michael D could have done or what he was able to do. And then you play to his strengths there. And I was like that you think you're being constructive, Kristen Bell, but you're actually repeating something that she's already said that she did. And Ivy is not an idiot. Right. You know, right. like it's not like these designers are like, Oh, I'm going to just design willy nilly and not think about the fact that another person, like what? That's the most basic thing you could do. And then also I, it was unfortunate for Michael C who is just loving this because Mm -hmm. he has been, you know, tortured by Ivy. And so um, it was just like awful timing in the sense 
that um, they used Michael C to um, batter Ivy in this, you know, batter yeah, is a strong word, yeah. but I was, I would say like they used him to kind of, um, I would say narrate this idea that Ivy is someone who, as Nina Garcia said, is technically good, but um, where they question whether or not she has any ideas to be a really good designer. Yeah. That was messed up. That and I think they, they definitely used Michael C to villainize yeah. Ivy. And, and I also didn't like how Ivy handled that. I see, um, Ivy basically shuts Michael C down. Then yeah. you shouldn't talk. It's like, okay, Ivy, come on. Like, I know it's stressful, but whatever. You know, let, let people air their, their grievances. Let them do it. Who cares? You're better yeah. than that. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I, was, I would have been sort of like on her side with that. Because I was like, I thought that was annoying that Michael C was being kind of like, overtly openly just you know yeah. eating this up in a, in a sense because um, there are so many things going on at one time and you know that's also like a complicated dynamic there that was just yeah squashed into this awful back and forth yeah Ugh. so anyway all right um, I don't have much else to say about Casanova so Casanova's next <laughs> oh well the, the only thing I want to say is that can we yes. talk about the judging? Like, can we talk about, like, what happens when they leave, too? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to, like, skip so, to that part? Or do you have anything yeah. to say about Casanova? Well, it, it's sort of tied in together. So. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Okay, because one of the things that people say, I think, here and later is that, this is for a 70-year-old woman. Come on. <laughs> you know, my, Michael Kors saying that. And it's like, well, what's wrong with designing for a 70-year-old woman? I know. I wrote in my in my like, my notes. He's like, Okay, this is just what I mentioned. Say this is this reads more like a seventy-year-old woman who would wear an off-the-shoulder cinched waist blouse to the mall for her early bird dinner with her shuffleboard crew, and then she'll go home at six thirty p.m. just in time to catch a Perry Mason rerun. And I don't know, it's just like, yeah, it's such but, like these women are wearing your clothes, Michael Kors. They can afford oh to wear your clothes, Michael Kors, yeah. on their yachts, Michael Kors. Yeah. And I thought that was just so statistically incorrect. Most people who have accumulated like um, wealth and husbands to live to be 70 and, and be on a yacht, mm-hmm. <laughs> like are 70, are over 60, and they're buying you, Michael Kors. And those are the people <laughs> I know. who are on, on leisure mode. It's not just the Kardashians, right? So I think when you think about broad market level, this is exactly who the market is, yes. right? But the thing is that, okay, so the argument too is that, okay, so 70-year-old, uh, you know, women don't want to look 70-year-old. They want to look 50. They want to look 40, right? Mm-hmm. So there's something to be said about that, whatever. But, you know, I don't know if you ever read Harper's Bazaar, like in this era, or at least like right at the end of the Liz Tilbaris reign of that magazine, mm-hmm. they started introducing something called style at any age and it was like if you're 20 wear this if you're 30 40 50 60 wear this if you're 70 wear this yeah so if you're 70 right so it's not like that's already i mean if there wasn't one before if you're not looking at consumer like spending then that's already uh, a pretty serious nod to the fact that that's a market to take seriously if, mm-hmm. if like the number two mainstream fashion magazine in the u.s has for more than one decade included that as a style section or a kind of market se- a market segment section in its own pages yeah and i and i still has that 
but so I'm already thinking like nobody said make resort for 20 year olds nobody said make resort for make resort for people who um you know can't afford pearls but have a, a you know a, a velvet choker with a Lisa Simpson cameo on it right there wasn't something <laughs> specific like that yes yes so I thought, I, I thought <laughs> it's sort of all just like not uh, whatever it's just more indulgence on the part of the judges nothing more yeah I totally agree oh man um yeah I mean and I don't really have anything else to add other than that like while they're deliberating about their arbitrary reasons around Mm. (laughs) poo-pooing what Casanova I didn't like I didn't like Casanova's thing I didn't like it at all I would never wear it but I feel like some people would Mm -hmm. so so then what? <laughs> yeah, and I also thought saying that this is what a 70-year-old would wear to the mall. I'm like, this is not something that my Aunt Irene wore to the mall ever. And, yeah. I mean, this is a really, I mean, like, the top is, the color is unfortunate. But I also thought, like, no, the neckline is beautiful, I think. It really is. It really is. And the, the, the pants were really nice. Yeah, it's just the coloring was unfortunate in that cinched waist, I thought. It was just like, why? But um, I thought it was way better than what came out of um ivy and michael drummond and also way better than what came out of valerie and ari valerie yeah. is a designer and ari is a tailor yeah. Um, yeah so yeah i just i was like it's you know fine anyway but i well I, what i will say is that while they're deliberating they're going back and forth between the designer lounge and um you know it's Ivy explains to people what happened uh, because I feel like, you know, at this point, Heidi Klum has convinced Michael Drummond again, like given him permission to be less gracious about these things. Mm. Um, and Ivy's clearly, she's like, I didn't mean for it to come across that I was throwing you under the bus. Like, you know, yeah. she's like, no, yeah. but I told you, you could throw me under the bus. She's like, no, 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 no. But I, I I'm, I'm so oh. sorry that you thought it looked like me throwing you under the bus. Like, no, but like, like, I'm okay. I told you, like, I built a bus um, instead of, like, <laughs> spending the, like, bulk of my time on the skirt. So in that 10 minutes when you <laughs> hopped off, when I hopped off of the, the sewing machine, like, I went and, like, built a bus and was like, you can yeah. throw me under that. It's fine. Anyway. That's um, why I built that bus. <laughs> yeah. So I built a bus. Like, I can't make a circle skirt, but I can build a bus. Um, and so I'm there. fine. And then we have, like, Mondo and Michael C. who are just rubbing in everyone's face that they're best friends they're just sitting together arm in arm on the couch it's just like ah. i loved it it was so beautiful it's like you guys have to be connected at all times like you're just you know uh you know twins who just found each other like long lost twins like oh my god here's my brother it's like here's my brother like oh anyway yeah this one dresses drag this one we're Bob Mackey. Come on. Oh, I love it. It's so cute. All right. Destiny. Destiny. <laughs> I just uh oh, I just think about it. It's just it's so cute. Maybe I'll make that the creative for the for the episode. Oh, oh that would be good. So adorable. Cause I, I anyway. Um and also I thought of it as like loud and clear people like don't fuck with michael c like he's my friend or something anyway mm-hmm. so all right um so that's that's about that so we go back out and um we're here it's time to decide so um uh patricia who's the winner of this episode 
Um, the winner of this episode is April. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. I would have taken Ari, yeah. but I like it was, that. It was a fair win. Yeah, I agree. That's all we can ask for. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, who is going home today? Well, this week we say goodbye to Casanova. Yeah. Um, I still don't know why Christopher is here. Who? <laughs> Christopher. I mean, that oh, thing that Christopher that made was like, person. okay. Oh, right. Like, yes, Christopher. I I thought that was also for a very 70-year-old woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. FYI. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Totally valid. But, but again, perceptions. People perceive Christopher as being better and Casanova as being worse. So that's what we're, right. we get. Yeah. And unfortunately, we get more, you know, during the judgment we get this is what made me really mad also and what hmm. made me start rooting for ivy is like don't treat this highly skilled person like like ivy is, is just a seamstress oh like my god come on. i come mean on. it's that oh it's that keeny like, stressy thing going on that i do not like i don't like it i don't like it at all um yeah well, any last words about this episode, Patricia, before you no, say goodbye? No, no more. Other than this is the episode that made me really like Mondo because Mondo said shitty, shitty comments about someone and took them back. Yes. And made me really like Ivy because I thought this is someone who fights for what Ivy wants and yeah. just does the best every time and people don't see it. And I, I don't know, like. Ivy has made some things that I've been like, eh, in, or in some that I thought had potential. But I think that this is someone who's not, again, is, is really harmed by people's perceptions yeah. <laughs> rather than skill set. And, and that is terrible to watch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, yeah. All right. Well, um, that's the end of this episode. Uh, listeners, share your hot takes. Um, <laughs> let us know what we missed and we will discuss them at the top of the next episode and Patricia before we go anything to share with our wonderful listeners and um, can you remind them how to find you um, nothing to share at this point but soon very soon I'll have too much to share however until then I, I, I can be found hanging out in the workroom um, Instagram liking all I basically just heart all of your comments well that I like it happens to be all of them um, and I have my own account uh, on Twitter and on um, Instagram with the same handle. That's Sense and Sight, like Common Sense and Optical Sight. S e n s e a n d s i g h t. And Ernest, you have things to share. Well, I don't know actually. I I just assume that you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Not not yet. Okay. I, it, not yet. Okay. Things will. Ha yeah, I will also have too much to share with you, lovely listeners. Um, yeah, no, just that, like, you know, that's, that's, you can find me at Ernez at everything and, and all my links are in the show notes and, um, yeah, I, this, this has been fun. And again, like, uh, join us on Patreon, um, as we make our way through next in fashion. So our Patreon lovelies be ready for, for that to drop. And, um, I just hope everyone's taking care of themselves and enjoying, um, this June month as we finally kind of inch our way towards whatever summer is going to look like this year. Um, so yeah, but continue to take care of yourselves 
and uh, we will see you next time. So until then, we'll both say goodbye.